Welcome to our new Assurance in Action podcast series dedicated to China cosmetics market. A new Chinese cosmetics regulation called Cosmetic Supervision and Administration Regulation came into force on January 1st, 2021, replacing the existing Cosmetics Hygiene Supervision Regulations. In this podcast series, we will discuss the requirements introduced by this new regulation and key changes and updates to cosmetics regulation in China. I'm Laure Moutier from Intertech France, and I'm with my colleague Celeste Teng from Intertech China, who will answer some questions about the new Chinese regulations. Hi, everyone. So let's begin this podcast series with the subject of cosmetic ingredients in China. Which ingredients can be considered as new or existing ingredients? How do we check their compliance for the Chinese market? And what are the requirements for each raw material that is used in cosmetic products? Celeste will help us understand what our obligations are if we intend to commercialize a cosmetic raw material or a cosmetic product in China. To begin, let's say I'm a raw material manufacturer and one of my clients would like to commercialize a cosmetic product containing my raw material in China. How do I know if my raw material is authorized in China? Well, China has a list called the IECIC, which is short for the Inventory of Existing Cosmetic Ingredients in China. The latest version is the 2021st version that has been in effect since May the 1st, 2021. Um, for an ingredient to be used in a cosmetic product in China, it is necessary to ensure that the ingredient is listed in this inventory. If it isn't, it will be considered as a new ingredient and it will have to be either notified or registered. And how do we notify or register a new cosmetic ingredient in China? If the new ingredient is a preservative, a UV filter, a colorant, a hair dye or a spot removing or whitening agent, it will be considered as high risk in China and it will have to be registered. That means uh, it has to be approved by the Chinese authority before being allowed on the market. Any other types of ingredients can be notified, meaning an approval is not needed pre-market. And what exactly is the difference between a registration and a notification? The main difference is that registration requires approval and notification does not. In the case of registration, when we submit the dossier to the authority, it will go into a review process, both administrative and technical. The review committee might have questions or comments regarding this ingredient. All these need to be addressed before they make a decision. So there could be some back and forth communications and well, all these steps can make the registration process quite lengthy it can take several months or even more before we actually get the approval. On the other hand, in the case of notification, when we submit the dossier to the authority, within five working days, they will publish a notice about our case and at which point we can consider the notification as complete. Uh, well, other than that, there isn't much difference um, in both cases. The dossier requirements are the same. The applicants of both notification and registration will have to submit an annual report to the authority on the sales or safety monitoring of their ingredient for three years, 
starting from the day the ingredient starts to be used in China. After these three years, if the ingredient is considered safe, it will be added to the IECIC. And if it is not considered safe, then the notification will be cancelled or the registration will be retracted. And if the ingredient is listed in the inventory, the IECIC 2001, can I consider it as compliant for the Chinese market or should I check other lists and regulations? Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, other than the IECIC, we should also make sure that the ingredient complies with the safety and technical standards for cosmetics, we call STSC, uh, version 2015-2015. In the STSC, there are several lists. Uh, for example, two lists contain the prohibited substances. Another one contains restrictive substances meaning substances that can only be used under certain conditions. Then there are four positive lists which contain preservatives, UV filters, colorants, and hair dye agents. If, for example, an ingredient's main function is preservative, then this preservative must be included in the positive list of preservatives. If it is not listed there, then this ingredient cannot be used as a preservative in a cosmetic product in China. We also need to make sure that the ingredient's concentration does not exceed the maximum percentage of use currently known in leave-on or rinse-off cosmetic products in China, which is also an information included in the IECIC 2021 if the concentration exceeds this maximum limit, we will need to submit further proof regarding the ingredient's safety. Please also note, too, that if the ingredient enters China as a raw material directly instead of being in a cosmetic formula product, we should also check for compliance with the IECSC, which is the Inventory of Existing Chemical Substances, under the Ministry of Ecology and Environment. And once I ensure that the ingredient is compliant with IECIC and STSC, is there any further step to take before it can be commercialized in China? The next step will be to submit the safety data of cosmetic raw materials in order to obtain a submission code to be given to downstream clients. Actually, the online platform for data submission has been operational since um, December the 31st, 2021. Um, so a lot of companies are starting to perform the submission now. Up to this day, there are over 7,000 raw materials for which safety data have been already submitted. And how does it work? Uh, Who is in charge of submitting the raw material safety data on this platform? Both cases are possible. The submission can be done by raw material manufacturers themselves, or it can be done by another party on their behalf if the raw material supplier authorizes it. Does this uh, safety data submission pertain to all raw materials uh, that are used in China? Yes, this pertains to all materials, but uh, there are different transition periods for different types of raw materials. If this is a preservative, a UV filter, colorant, hair dye, 
or spot-removing or whitening agents, uh, what we call high risks, then the complete set of safety data will need to be submitted starting from January the 1st, 2022. And if the ingredient has another function, it will be considered as medium or low risk and uh, the complete set of data will be required starting only from next year, January 1st, 2023. And before this date, only some basic data will be required, such as trade name, the information about the applicant company, etc. And what happens if I do not submit the data and obtain the submission code in time? Well, without the required submission data for a raw material, it won't be allowed in the cosmetic products in China. And that unfortunately means your downstream customer clients will not be able to successfully notify or register their products and therefore won't be able to sell their products in China. So thank you very much, Celeste, for your detailed answers. My pleasure, love. Uh, that concludes today's podcast. Uh, for your information, Intertech can support you in the notification or registration of new cosmetic ingredients in China or in the submission of raw material safety data. We can also help you identify what your obligations are, whether you are a raw material manufacturer or a ma finished cosmetic product manufacturer. Join us again in a later podcast where we will discuss the commercialization of finished cosmetic products on the Chinese market, notification and registration process, labeling, claims, tests, and more. Uh, thank you for listening and see you soon. See you. Bye.